chance to put U.S. boots on the ground here? 93.3 and AM 560. KWTO. This is the Elijah Har Show. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at 933KWTO and stream us on the 933 mobile app. Welcome back to KWTO. An hour down, an hour to go in the show. We're only a few days out from the third debate. I heard today that Vivek Ramaswamy just made an eight figure buy for ads. He's going all in. This is probably, in my mind, the last, the last moment. We're getting, we're getting down there. We're in the 60 day stretch before Iowa. This is where you start to separate. You, this is moving day. In golf, this is moving day. You don't make a move now. You're, you're not making a move. Out of the last debate, how many tickets are there to Iowa? We've already seen pens drop out. I, there's a few others. I'm not sure going to make it. How many tickets are there out of this last debate? Three, maybe four. Yeah. I mean, the people on the debate right now, somehow Chris Christie is still on the stage, which blows my mind. It is amazing mind. he keeps getting <laughs> up there. I, you know. Yeah, v- Vivek is still polling okay. Um, not as good as he was at his peak, obviously, in that first debate, but he, he's polling okay. Nikki Haley has been up and down in public opinion more than anybody I may have ever seen. Like, Republicans either love her or mm-hmm. they can't stand her, and it's the same Republicans just switching their mind yeah. back and forth. Yeah, me. DeSantis. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and then uh, Tim Scott, who allegedly, allegedly is still running for the president of the United States. I guess, States. yeah. Uh, do we have any update? I mean, all of these guys are making headlines. Chris Christie's been kind of silent, which is a good move and a strange move for him. What's so, Tim Scott doing? Uh, here's the thing. I don't think, when, pe- when people are like, oh, they've been silent, sometimes that means they've just been riding the hinterlands of Iowa, and somehow the Des Moines Register's news articles aren't coming down to southwest Missouri. We, when we are not in a primary state, we're not, we're looking at the headlines. We're looking at Fox News and things like that. A lot of times they don't pick up. If you're driving a motorhome uh, through Fort Dodge, Iowa, or Eagle Grove, Iowa, or stopping at Luther College in Southern Iowa. That's not making national headlines. So a lot of these people may just be dialing down into, hey, we, we're going to put it all onto the Iowa caucus at this point. I, I agree. I think there's about three or four tickets out of the last debate. Trump's got a ticket. Listen, he's always going to have a ticket. DeSantis has a ticket. Personally, I think he's actually doing Better in Iowa than a lot of people say. Yeah. I think Tim Scott's got a ticket, and I think Nikki Haley's got a ticket. I think it remains to be seen if Vivek's got a ticket. You know, he had his early peak. It was a national peak. He never pulled well in early state polls. Now he's got a 10-figure ad buy. We'll see if it's enough. But I don't. I personally don't think he's in the running anymore. Yeah, and I, I've talked about Vivek before. I, I've always liked his his charisma. I think he's a very charismatic speaker, which is always nice. But some people have seen it as too rehearsed. I think that's one of his biggest knocks is he's like almost seems too polished and, and kind of fake, you know. Um, also, his name, I know it's dumb, but we've talked about it before as well. Like, Republicans aren't going to, you know, like resonate well with Ramaswamy. It's just, it's just a harder, you know, uh, thing to get by, especially for someone who doesn't actually know his takes. Um, it's just, it's just a whole number of things, I think, for him that, like you said, it's like if the world is perfect and like you know that n- none of that mattered. It's like okay, he seems like he's got some good ideas, but he's young. He's 
you know, maybe a little too polished. I don't know if I don't know if he's going to get the ticket. I think I I agree. I think I think Nikki Haley's the only one on the fringe. I think Tim Scott, Ron DeSantis, Donald Trump, shoo in. Nikki Haley with a lot of this the Israel stuff going on right now. She said some things that a lot of Republicans like, but a lot of them really don't like. So it's you know it's kind of kind of iffy for her in my opinion. What what's weird to me is the polling obviously doesn't matter as much because a it's a state poll uh, and nobody really it's it's hard to track it's hard to register really on any state or national poll national being harder but state statewide polls are still tough to really track and trust and manage uh, right now via, via the Des Moines Register Trump has forty three percent of caucus voters goers vote which. Not putting a whole lot of stock into that, even though it is the Des Moines I Register. Say they have the best polling there. The problem is caucuses are notoriously tough to pull because unlike a primary, we just drive over, you register your vote and head back. Caucuses, you trudge through the snow on a Saturday. You spend eight hours there. You build these little coalitions. You have to win your precinct and your precinct votes. And it's a very cumbersome process. And so... The turnout for caucuses is generally pretty low, and organization wins. And the DeSantis campaign, from everything I've heard, very organized in Iowa. So that was actually my my next question for you, because there's there's two really strong, I feel like there's two really strong uh, parties within the Republican Party, and then there's a kind of a middle ground. There's the always Trump, there's the never Trump, and then there are people in between who are interested in other candidates but Trump already won once, beating Hillary. He lost once against Joe, allegedly, uh, totally legally. So w- w- that's that's going to be the group that kind of struggles a little bit, I think, to pick it up. How does the fact that there are always Trumpers and never Trumpers, how is that going to impact an Iowa caucus? Uh, listen, I think the, the actual never Trump demo is pretty small. I think the uh, the the... There's people that they'll vote for him if he's the nominee. I just don't think that never Trump group is very large. Now, there's a lot of we prefer somebody other than Trump. I think that is actually a majority of the race right now. And that's why they're all trying to get it down to a two person race or whatever it might be. But frankly, that was the same strategy in 2016. Never worked. Well, at least it didn't work for Ted Cruz. Yeah. Um, and kind of back to who maybe has a, a bigger shot in Iowa than we thought think and i think we've talked about it recently on the show before is that i think tim scott resonates with iowa better than any of the other candidates. if you just look at personality traits the type of person they are i i really think tim scott resonates the most with them the only thing is does he have the push to actually get it done i mean has he done right. any can't like ad spending yet has he, like what's so he been I, doing i think the big thing there is i was traditionally very socially conservative heavy evangelical crowd and he fits that crowd. The worry I have is that everybody sees Tim as the number two. DeSantis is giving a, I'm a number one or I'm out. They're like, nobody thinks it's going to be a somebody DeSantis ticket. Tim still gives out a, I'd, I'd be your VP running mate to, for any of the people. And yeah. so I think that's the one thing I worry about. If you're Tim Scott, there's so many people like, oh, well, I, I like Tim, but as long as DeSantis takes him as a running mate, and listen, Tim would make a great running mate, but it makes it hard for him to get through a caucus or a primary as the guy. Let's play Let's play some prediction games here. Um, it's what, what the most likely, according to the Des Moines Register polling right now, is that Trump's one, DeSantis is two, if we're talking just in total polling, which is tough to do whenever it's a caucus, but Trump won. DeSantis two, 
A, who gets that third place vote, who gets that bronze medal, and what does it do for their campaign going forward? You know, it's hard because especially you got caucus in New Hampshire, bang, bang, totally different demographics, totally different states. And so usually you have one or two of the same, but then you have your also ran. So like a Tim Scott made you great in Iowa, terrible in New Hampshire. Chris Christie made you great in New Hampshire, terrible in Iowa. And so then you have to maintain that to South Carolina. Now, before we go too far down that path, there's some polling out that says Robert Kennedy could get 20-plus points as a third party. Anybody believe the polling? I don't think so. Because in order for that to be true, it would have to be people who... So what what it is is people who are Republicans would have to swing their vote to RFK Jr. in the, in the general election if Trump's the nominee. Because that's what the point was looking at was if it is a three-ticket Joe Biden, Donald Trump, JFK Jr., then they would have to swing. I think it was having Biden close to 40%, um, Trump at 36, and then uh, J, uh, RFK Jr. at 22 or around there. And I think that would be a hard stretch for Republicans to say, right, we are never Trumpers, and we're going to swing our vote to an independent like 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 Robert Kennedy. I don't know if I don't know if I believe that. I just it's a hard it's a hard sell to me. I also, it's very easy when a pollster calls you and says, ah, who are you going to vote for between these three? Oh, RFK. It's much more difficult when, A, he has to make the ballot in all these states, which is difficult, and B, and more importantly, by the time you go through six months of eviscerating personal attacks and Donald Trump's going to start World War III and Joe Biden doesn't know his middle name, and you get in the ballot booth, you're like, uh, can I waste my vote on a third party? Those numbers, if people think back to the 1992 presidential election, Ross Perot was in the 40s. He was darn near 50 against Clinton and Bush. By the time he got to election day, he was down to 19. And we look back and think 19 is amazing. But you don't, as a third party candidate, go up. You go down. Yeah. I just don't see a path. For Kennedy to be serious, and frankly, he pulls more votes from Trump than he does from Biden. You yeah. are not a third-party guy, like a vote third-party guy at all, no matter what. So I here's the thing, and we're running low on time. I grew up, and in when I was a teenager, I joined and worked for a third party for, through an election cycle. I got very disillusioned with the Republicans. The 1994 Republican Party that elected a bunch of young people put up a lifetime career politician who was 73 years old, Bob Dole, to run for president. And I was like, swearing him off. I'm going to help a third party. And I knocked doors and I stuffed envelopes and I made calls. And then I watched my candidate get one one hundredth of a percent. And I was like, this is a waste of time. You have to you have to change the parties from the system. And there's just there are unique circumstances, maybe Jesse Ventura in Minnesota, when you can register on the day of the election. But by and large, third parties are a total waste of time and effort. And you got to change the parties from the inside. And I know we're out of time. We got lots more to come. The the Federal Trade Commission is it important? Why does it matter? We'll talk about that. Snake Draft 537, all that coming up. And I woke up just a man.